Welcome to the Hot Content Marketing Podcast, here to provide you with tips, tricks, inspiration, and advice on how to market your business online. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner, this is the place for you as I chat to each of our expert guests about what's working right now. Hi, Ahmed. Welcome to the Hot Content Marketing Podcast. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I know. It's great to have you here. Would you like to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your, your journey and what you do? Oh, where do I start? I've got a long journey. Right. <laughs> um, so I guess I start a brief background. Is I born in Sudan. I was born in Sudan and I grew up in Northern Ireland, but I lived in Scotland. I lived in England. And that, you know, is why my accent is just all over the place. It's just confusing. So I just thought I'd get that out of there. <laughs> but in terms of, you know, my background and career, my main intention in my career was to work in the sports marketing industry. And I did a sports management degree and then I did a master's in marketing and I wanted to combine it and get into sports marketing. So while I was, you know, trying to do that, um, I just got a job in a local retail store. They had like a, an Amazon um, marketplace and eBay store and also a website. And I got a job there because I knew about how to manage a website and just from practicing on the side. And they wanted someone to help you know, look after it, maintain it, update it, and obviously get more customers and that kind of thing. And it was there that I kind of really got involved with in terms of like, you know, um, content and SEO and social media and, and advertising, all that kind of thing. From that kind of experience, you know, it got me a job in Berlin. So I lived in Berlin for one year doing uh, online marketing for a publishing company. After Berlin, I moved to um, the south coast of England to work in an agency um, as an SEO engineer, as we call it. And uh, after that, then I moved to Edinburgh, where I am right now. And uh, I was in charge of SEO for a, a footwear company that most people have heard of called Shoe. They're based you know, in most high street. Yeah. So I was looking after their SEO and then a couple of jobs after that. But the past couple of years, I somehow, somewhere got that bug where I wanted to run my own business. I never had that ever. I never intended to do that, but I just got that bug and you know two years later what I'm doing right now is I run a business called Ignite Rock it's basically around helping site owners who uses WordPress to grow their online visibility and the reason I focus mainly on WordPress even though I can work with any website yeah. WordPress for me is one of my big passion I, I contribute a lot with the community I get involved with the community I have been experimenting with with the, uh, with the platform for, for maybe 10 years or so, um, just on the side for fun. And I just have grown to love it more and more and more. So that's kind of what I do right now as of today, um, it's just working with people with their WordPress site and just to help them to look after it, maintain it, but also obviously to, to grow their online visibility, essentially. Fantastic. 
Um, yeah, it's really interesting that you have chosen to specifically work with WordPress. I personally use WordPress and whilst I'm by no means an expert, I have learned quite a lot about it over the last year or so. And it, it is a very popular platform, isn't it? Yeah. I assume that you believe it's, it's the best, if not one of the best. If the, I mean, I guess it's obviously subjective, isn't it? People say, which yeah. is the best? But is, there's no doubt it is the most popular um, CMS or content management system. Yeah, what do and, you think um, it is about it that, that makes it so? Do you think it's because it's, I mean, it's fairly user-friendly, isn't it? Well, I think there's a number of things. I mean, the fact that, and I've checked it today, actually, um, as of uh, today, which is 13th of uh, December, 2017. And I've checked that, you know, approximately 28, 29% of the World Wide Web is powered by WordPress. Wow. And if you think about that, we're talking, you know, tens of millions, you know, yeah. potentially. And it's humongous. I mean, big names and small names um, use WordPress. And I think, you know, one of the main reasons, maybe two reasons actually, which are linked to each other, why they're popular. One is because it's an open source platform. And that is when the code itself is accessible for anyone to modify, to improve, to experiment with, to create products out of it. And that has enabled you know, a community to grow. Yeah. Um, it is the community that makes WordPress what it is today. There are thousands of people in the background, even just voluntarily helping to contribute to WordPress in some way or form. It doesn't have to be, you know, you contribute by actually building the CMS or plugin. It could be even offline, like teaching people how to use it or, you know, running a workshop how to use it. Wow, I didn't thousand, that. Tens of thousands of people are doing that. And that kind of created that kind of, um, you know, enthusiasm, passionate following about WordPress. And I'm, I'm one of them. And, uh, and I think that combined with open source has made it, so so popular today yeah fantastic because they do they have an online event uh, is it wordcamp well it's actually offline so wordcamp is like a, a community run conference yeah based around wordpress I, that's the, probably the easiest way to describe it so wordcamp is um is something that happens can happen anywhere around the world and you know most of the time you know it's in weekend but it doesn't have to be weekend and uh, to, you know, put, to put um, an example, you know, I'm based in Edinburgh and I have to organize WordCamp Edinburgh 2017, okay. um, which was in the summer. And basically, it's, it's just like any conference. You put together um, a conference by inviting people to speak and you contribute to that by doing that. You get sponsors to, um, to pitch in as well and you get volunteers involved and budgeting and get created and all these kind of things. And... The amazing thing about WordCamp is it's cheap. And when I say cheap, you know, you can have a full day or even two, three days even, if you're lucky, of conference that you pay around maybe 20, 30, 40 pounds yeah. to enter. And if you think about the average conference, you can pay 500, 700, maybe a thousand pounds just for a day or two. Mm. But WordCamp is different. And it is deliberately made to be cheap because it's important that everyone is able to attend so and obviously if, if it wasn't for the sponsors it wouldn't be possible but 
World Camp is a, it's a very special event. And if you haven't been, it doesn't matter whether you are technical or not, you're a beginner or advanced. I think everyone can benefit from attending World Camp. So just go to worldcamp.org and you will find one in your area, whether this year or next year or anywhere around the world, really, if you happen to be abroad as well. Fantastic. So presumably somebody who's, who's wanting to learn more, who's maybe just getting started with WordPress, might get a lot of value from attending an event like that. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's not just about listening to the um, talks, but being around like-minded people as well. And mm. um, there are so many people who can help you and guide you. And there is no such thing as, you know, a stupid question or anything like that. People will genuinely help you out if you really want to learn if you really kind of your best you know to do something about it and you're trying to you know learn from other people or resources or online or courses all these things WordCamp is a great way of doing that so um, definitely recommend anyone to attend one fantastic so I just wanted to pick your brains a little bit, Ahmed, um, just about the content for websites. Um, I work with a number of people who have just had their website developed um, and feel daunted by filling their website with, with the words, basically. Um, and I just wanted to kind of pick your brains about the importance of having quality content um, on the pages of your website. Okay. I mean, obviously, you know, without content, you're not really telling one, t- telling anyone anything, isn't it? So, you know, you got to have to have something on there that tells one, you know, who are you, what you do, and how does it benefit other people? So, you know, I guess we can make it as simple as possible. So if we look at, let's just say you run a jewelry business and you have, you know, you necklaces, earrings and rings, all these kind of things. And, you know, you need to tell that, you need to show people that this is what you have. So I guess if you have a category page, then you will list that by maybe you have a, an earring section, necklace section, um, and, you know, ring section. And then each page will have its own content about what is so special about this particular piece of jewelry. Mm. And then you can kind of break it down even further. And an example of breaking it down would be if you want to uh, have content about sterling silver earrings for example you know and then you talk about that you have it in the title you have it in the description and then you talk about why it's such an amazing sterling silver earring as mm. an example and um, the only way you can you know get your audience to learn about you is by having that quality content that explains everything that they need to know and it could be anything from what is it made to the quality of the material to who designed it and then maybe they want to get even deeper by thinking about I not only just want sterling silver earring I want to know how do I clean a sterling silver earring or how do I look after it or how how do I choose one that is right for this occasion and you will not be able to answer any of these questions without content on a website and it's up to you really to uh, kind of just help your audience make their life easier by having all this content ready so that when they come and see you their experience is just you know a really good one and you want them to be happy with that exactly i think content is so important isn't it i mean i know myself when i'm looking um at comparing for example a product on two different websites 
I'm always attracted far more to the one that gives me loads of information. The more content for me, the better. And yeah. I'm so put off if there's minimal content. Um, yeah, it doesn't really help anyone if you have yeah. a very thin couple of sentences and and um, yeah, you're not helping anyone with that. And obviously, even the basic things like grammar and and um, spelling, you know, that can put people off. Mm, and um, I mean, yeah, there might be one or two. It's like a mistake, but if it's really bad and you're not really, you know, checking it yourself, then again, you're not helping yourself and you're not helping your audience. Yeah, doesn't really send out the right messages, does it? Yeah. But um, exactly. yeah, ideally, it'd be great to kind of draw on. Obviously, search engine search engine optimization um, is kind of on most people. Most people who have websites is on their radar in some form. Can you just explain a little bit about the link between content and search engine optimization? Of course. I mean, definitely, it can get very technical, very mm. detailed if we talk about SEO and. Sometimes we don't need to. I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of my job. I get very deep in, and you know, involved in it because that's kind of what I've been doing for many, many years for yeah. various companies. But we don't really need to make it as complicated as we think uh, we need to. Mm. And if we just, you know, like for example, focus on the basic, and really the basic is making sure that your website is, you know, providing the best possible experience for your audience. And, you know, the basic way of doing that is making sure that, you know, the links are working, the content is there helping people, and obviously it's up and running kind of thing. And that's kind of the foundation, and then you can build upon it. But in terms of, you know, the content side of things, to be honest, if there's no content, there's no SEO. I mean, they kind of link with each other. You need content for SEO to work. And, you know, for SEO to work, you need content to work as well. So they kind of link with each other. And if we just go back to what I've been saying about, you know, if you want to start creating uh, separate pages about specific products, and we go back to the the jewelry section, you know, if we have category pages about necklace, and then you want gold necklaces and then men's necklaces, you know, you need content for that. And once you have, you know, a page about, for example, gold necklaces then it's easy for google to know like that page is about gold necklaces Mm. not just from a title but from the actual description itself and that's you know going very very basic obviously and then if we got deeper in terms of if you have a blog um you want to help people by you know answering the question of how do i clean gold necklaces well obviously that's going to be useful for anyone who's searching on google how do i clean gold necklaces and if you don't have content at all, how would you expect people who search for that to find you and buy from you or even engage with your content, that kind of thing? So it's heavily linked with each other. And I guess that's why um, it's in the back of, or not in the back of people's mind, but it's actually on the front of people's mind. Mm. Um, because I think people sometimes think about the wrong thing in SEO and I think they get too technical as well. But I'm not going to say that technical SEO is not important. It is important, but there are things which are in your control, which is the content side of things. And that's something that you can do right now and deal with it. And that will help you. Yeah, absolutely. I think people do get bogged down with search engine optimization. And 
you know, talking about, you know, the words on our site kind of brings us on to keywords, really. And I think um, a lot of people I come across struggle with the keyword element of, of their content and actually picking the right keywords um, for whether it's a particular blog post they're writing or whether it's a page of their website. Is there a particular tool or a particular process that you would recommend people following? The easiest thing to do, you know, in terms of, you know, trying to work out, for example, what to write about or what what do your audience um, want and what does Google want as well, but obviously you focus on your audience. The easiest thing to do is just go to Google mm. and use the search bar and start typing in that. And gradually you will see a list of, you know, the auto suggest that drops down. You'll get an idea of what people are searching for and what they're looking for. And you can start off, like, if you want to make it, you know, question-based, for example. And obviously, how-to guides are the most common um, form of content. But there's a reason for that, because they are in demand. People want to know how to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. So if you go to Google and just for your industry, type in how to do, and then whatever, maybe um, something related to your industry. So I'm going to pick another random example would be, um, a florist, for example. Yeah. So let's just say, uh, um, you know, you are a florist and you want to write content about something around that area, but you don't know what. Just go to Google and type in how to pick flowers and then maybe that will end it somehow and they will give you a suggestion of what you could write about and what people are searching for. Or um, what, what um, how do I plant whatever flowers you're looking for. Mm. And the auto suggest will give you, um, you know, examples of what people are searching for. Click on that, look at how people are answering the question, look at the other examples out there that, you know, people are writing in some way or form and see if you can do your own way or do it better or do it in a different format. You know, there are definitely ways to make it your own. Um, mm -hmm. I would never be put off by, you know, looking at someone else's content and say, oh, I'm not going to bother writing about it because someone has done it out there. Mm -hmm. I disagree with that. I would always say you can always do it better in some way or form. So, for example, maybe someone has done a blog post about um, how do I plant roses? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they've written, you know, a 500 word article. Yeah, a few images. That's it done. You can, you can do one better by, for example, maybe you can do a video um, guide as well on top of the text. Maybe you can add even more images in terms of making it step by step. Um, you can make it even more engaging, more you know, detailed. Whatever it is, there is always a way that you can improve the content. And I would always start with just going to Google and search from there. You don't have to spend a lot of money on fancy tools and all these things. Everyone use Google, it's free, just start from there. Fantastic, I love that advice. I think for anybody that's struggling to think of, you know, ideas for things to, to write about, it's a great place to start, isn't it? Just by, Definitely. yeah, just seeing what people are actually searching for. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, when people do get to the point of wanting to kind of research keywords, would you recommend a particular keyword tool? At the moment, um, one of my favorite um, is called kwfinder.com. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, uh, keyword finder, but it's actually written as kwfinder. 
and uh, it's a fantastic tool. It's so simple, it's so um, user-friendly. It gives you not just, you know, the search volume, but it also, you know, presents you what does the top 10 results look like in Google, how difficult is it to rank for it, and, um, you know, in terms of each website that are ranking for it, you know, how much authority do they have? Is it possible to overtake them? And then you can even, for that particular keyword, look at how and why a specific website are ranking for a keyword by just clicking on it and look at their content, see how it's done. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very useful tool. It's quite, you know, I think for me, it's, I think, quite um, cost efficient mm. because not only you get keyword um, tool with it, but you also get like a um, SERP checker, which is search engine result page checker. Um, That allows you to look at how a result page is, um, looks like for a particular keyword. And you can also um, track your keywords as well in the same tool um, so that you get an idea of how you perform right now and, uh, you know, whether you're going up and down and, you know, whether there's any room for improvement. So that's my favorite um, one for me. It's a really, really good one. Highly recommend it. Excellent. Sounds good. And obviously you spend a lot of time working with people on their websites, but, and I think trends do change uh, in regards to what pages people have on their websites. Um, what, what do you think right now are the most important pages for businesses to, to have on their websites? Obviously, you know, you have to have the homepage and obviously, you know, that's kind of a given really. But for me, you know, the homepage not only tends to be um, the most popular or the pop, you know, top three landing pages of your website. Mm. But the homepage, you know, for me, I see it's like, um, it's like a front door to your house. You know, you want it to be welcoming. You know, it's like when you open that front door to your house, um, you want people to enter, feel warm, feel happy, and you want them to feel welcomed. And oh, the homepage of website is like that. You know, you want them when they land on your home homepage, you want them to feel like they they are where they belong. They feel comfortable. They feel like they're they're welcome there, and that will make them not just enter you know that front door, but go deeper. You know, mm-hmm. find out what else going on in that house or that website. So you know, it's it, Obviously, you can't ignore the importance of having a really, really good first impression of your homepage um, because it's just a starting point for many, many people. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, about pages, are they still, would you say, as important as they always have been in terms of attracting attention to a business? In terms of people wanting to know about the company, definitely. I'm not going to say that, you know, it would bring the most traffic, especially organic traffic. Mm. It doesn't really do that. But what I what do see in from like a number of clients and over the years is that if people land on any page on the website, whether it's a blog post or a category page or a home page, and if they like what they see or they want to learn more about it, I do see people then go to the about page and learn more about that person, that company, that brand, because they just kind of got intrigued. Mm. And it, it it really makes sense for me to have an about page. Um, if you if you have a website, it just it's another way to kind of draw people in and make them be like your friend. You know, if you share common interest or if you have shared something in your about page that they can resonate with you, 
if already you can you can kind of get that connection in place without you doing anything yeah i think that's the key word isn't it the connection i think it's human nature isn't it that we want to find out a little bit more about people who that who we're considering working with or even buying from um and it's natural isn't it that we'd want to just kind of you know get that trust factor which i'm thinking about us page certainly helps helps with doesn't it definitely definitely i think the combination of a home page and an about page is very good at doing that obviously there are a number of other factors that you know we can look at as well in a website but if you get these two right you're on your way to kind of you know developing that connection with your audience yes yeah absolutely now you yourself um for your own company ignite rock you have built up um well you you do podcast as well but you've built up a very established blog and just wanted to ask you a little bit about that really um what what sort of benefits has has building this blog brought you as a business for me i think um one of the core things that i just enjoy doing i just i just love to teach people or show people how to do x y and z and just guide them the right way mm-hmm. and that's just you know when natural instinct really not because of a specific business related thing it's just that i want to help people and I, I guess when you have a blog you know it should benefit the reader not you mm-hmm. and when you do that then you know your business will have that knock-on effect and for me once you start sharing your your expertise, your knowledge, you're helping people, you just start naturally develop, develop your own kind of, become a, a thought leader and you develop an authority for a particular topic. Mm. Because whatever, whatever you're doing, if you know something more than another person, you know, that already makes you knowledgeable about that particular topic. You know, you don't have to be the all-time best guru about something, you know, to know about something. It just, if you have a knowledge and experience in a topic and you write about it, that instantly makes you look credible. And if people want to work with you or hire you or have some kind of relationship with you because of your knowledge and expertise, you know, a blog and a podcast, which is also another benefit, can really help you to gain that credibility and make you look like you know what you're talking about. And I think that's something that, you know, that's why I would say to everybody is that it is essential to have, at the very least, a blog. You don't have to have a podcast. That's just another thing on top of it. But for me on a website, it is absolutely essential to have a blog because it just makes you look more credible when you start, you know, making, uh, creating content over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm passionate about um blogging and i i think you hit the nail on the head where you know you said it kind of said a podcast it's an it's a nice to have isn't it but a blog is an absolute essential exactly i guess um maybe if people want to have a podcast and not a blog well i guess a podcast can be your blog i mean you can have a section on your website that is a podcast and if you get that podcast um get it um transcriptions and if you put that on your website, it can act like your blog post as well. So, you know, a blog can mean many, many things. It could be a podcast. It could be in, in video format. Just put the, um, the subscriptions on the page. And there you go. That's your blog post right there. That's really interesting because um, obviously the, the, the blog content that you 
constantly creating is um, helping your search engine optimization and your rankings. Yeah. But um, I guess you're right. If, if you get the transcriptions of your podcast, then the content that you're essentially then adding to your website, it will also help, won't it? Even if you didn't have a blog, that would definitely. be... Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think people, for, um, I mean, Google is getting better. But yeah. at the moment, they are not able to understand audio and they're not able to understand video. So it's up to us to make it easier for them by having the transcriptions in there. And at the moment, a good old fashioned text is the easiest way for Google to understand what your page is about. So that's why it's kind of a, it's a nice thing to have. If you have a transcription on top of your podcast and, and your video, then it uh, makes it easier for Google to know what that podcast and video is about. Yeah, and how easy is it for people, if anybody's interested in looking into transcriptions for audio, how easy is that to go about? The best thing to do is uh, um, just outsource it because you can spend far too much time writing you know, the transcription yourself if you do it yourself. So mm. the best place to go is rev.com, R-E-V.com. Okay. It is um, a place where for, I believe, like a dollar a minute, Mm -hmm. they will transcribe your podcast and video as well for you. It's quick, very efficient, um, save you time. And really, it's better to outsource it because you can spend much longer doing that than people at Rev.com does it. So go there and just, it just they do it for you really quickly in a day or two. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, because I guess you could spend an awful long time doing oh, yeah. it, you? Definitely. Definitely. That's fantastic. Um, I just wanted to kind of wrap things up by just sort of asking what advice you would give to other people who are just starting out on their content marketing journey. For me, I would say to you, you know, people always think I have nothing to write about or I don't know enough, you know, that kind of um, excuses really. And I, I think it is an excuse because for me, I always say, if you know something more than the average person or more than your customers, you're already you're already an expert, really. Mm. You don't have to be the best in the world at a topic or at an industry. Uh, to be honest, that's impossible anyway. That's subjective. So you can't mm. really be the best at anything because there's always someone out there who's better than you at something. But at the same time, there is always something that you know more than other people. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're kind of insulting your own intelligence if you don't value your own experience and your own knowledge. So if you know more than your audience or your customer, or even just someone, you know, around in your family and friends, then you're already, you're already an expert at that field. You know what you're talking about. So don't let your, you know, I guess, imposter syndrome, mm. don't let that hold you back if you feel like that you are not good enough or you don't know enough. Because you know more than other people. So that's enough to get you started. And once you start that kind of journey on a content marketing, once you start you know, moving forward, you will you know, not only get used to that habit and become consistent at it, but you will actually become more knowledgeable because then you kind of, you know, kind of go out of your way to look for more information or get, gain more credibility, do more training, get more advice about certain things. And that adds to your knowledge and expertise and then you kind of use you know your own blog for example to showcase your knowledge so yeah. don't let that hold you back i think you you know more than you think you do so just start and the only way you're going to get better 
if you start if you don't start then you're not going to improve at all absolutely that really is great advice i love that it's fantastic will you just let us know how people can connect with you um specifically as well just make sure that we have your website address because you have a page on there called resources don't you i think and you've got some really useful information on there so yeah if you could just tell us how people can can reach you of course so um my website is igniterock.com and if you go to the resources page or if you just go to igniterock.com forward slash resources i've listed a number of tools and um, anything that software that i've used that has helped me and that i'm using today and uh, it could be anything from you know like a wordpress hosting to podcast hosting to you know keyword tooling and all these things as well so i've listed a number of tools that i personally recommend and use and um, a few of them are affiliate links so just put it out there mm-hmm. um but you know i would only say that because i trust them and i use it and i love it i would never you know, recommend anything that I don't use. So it's a great place there if you want to, um, you know, find out how to, how I, you know, use my own business and what tool I use for my own business. So that's a, a great place to start. But yeah, I mean, in terms of for me to connect in ignitebox.com is my, my business. And um, in social media, um, social media handles would be I am Ahmed Khalifa. And that tends to be across various platforms so I'm, I'm around if anybody needs me fantastic and people can access your podcast via the, via your website as well can't they of course yeah i mean not only it's available on itunes and the usual places where you have your podcast but it's there on the website as well it's embedded so you can kind of listen straight on from there as well fantastic well thank you so much Ahmed. I, th- I just think there's there's some really practical um tips and and hints in there and um you know some of the things that some of the things that you said quite kind of inspirational just about like you say getting started and just making a start and letting go of those inhibitions it's fantastic it was lovely to have you as a guest so thank you very much not a problem at all thank you for having me thank you for more content marketing advice head to hotcontent.co.uk why not join the hot content marketing group on facebook too Come and meet other like-minded entrepreneurs and share knowledge, ask questions and gain support in promoting your business online. See you in there.